Welcome to Cooking the Books, the food and hospitality podcast discussing all aspects of the industry. We interview chefs, butchers, farmers, brewers, winemakers, restaurateurs, restaurant managers, and we talk about how they got to this point through the good times and the bad. We discuss what motivates them every day and what they've got planned for the future. This is Cooking the Books. This week on Cooking the Books, we have Michael James. He is a chef, baker, business owner, and in Ben Shuri's words, Michael James is one of the best bakers of his generation. As well as all that, he's a top bloke with so much knowledge to share. I honestly can't say enough good things about him and his philosophies. Him and his wife, Pippa, have a cookbook available. It's called the Tivoli Road Cookbook. It's named after their bakery they have in South Yarra in Melbourne. It's a must-have for all cooks, bakers, chefs home cooks, anyone that's interested, it's easy to follow, step-by-step recipes. I'm not just saying it, this is the best bakery book I've ever I've, I've ever had my hands on. I hope everyone enjoys the conversation we had as much as I did having it. And today's podcast, as always, is brought to you by City Larder, the charcuterie specialists focusing on terrines, pâtés and rillettes for the retail market and food service here in Australia. Now, over to the show. Hey Michael, thanks very much for doing this. I really appreciate your time. It's uh, you know, it's an honor. Honestly, it's an honor. And first of all, I want to say, what a book! Thank it's you. It's just yeah. unbelievable. Like it really is. I, I've read a few bread books. I know it's not just a bread book. But, you know, I've read a few, and I read yeah. it and I get really confused. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, like, uh, what do they mean by that? And uh, take this out and add this. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. I really feel when I've read that, it's super clear. Like, it's really, really, it, yeah, it's really you. clear on how it, and there's the photographs, I think. But for, yeah, so yeah. I want to say congratulations on a, a magnificent book and Thank um, thanks yeah. for your time. No worries, pleasure. Do you want to take just a minute and just tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your business? Yeah, sure. So I'm. So our business, we're a small little bakery in uh, South Yarra, Melbourne, and um, we've been in operation now for five years. It's myself and my wife, Pippa, who, um, who are owners, sole owners, there's no, nobody else. And um, yeah, so my wife, Pippa, is pretty much does everything apart from bake. <laughs> so um, yeah, so she does the front of house, organizing the wholesale invoicing the bath super payroll she does all that and i look after all the, the team in the back of the house the kitchen and the bakers we we're mostly retail we do we do wholesale so it's um probably about six to seven wholesale accounts and a lot, a lot of what we do our whole focus is i guess is on the quality of the product so we haven't we've been asked our most frequent question is when we can expand so we've actually stayed stayed as one bakery because all our our focus is on about quality whether that's service front of house with Pippa or back of house using the best produce that we can find um, you know it's good local uh, um, organic produce it's, it's our staple of our business and uh, hopefully that shows in the quality of the um, baked good for sure 100% yeah. so yeah. how many how many staff did you have when you first started um, we started off with about I think it was about 10 staff that's, that's front of house we had a driver then kitchen hand guys in the kitchen a few bakers and then we're up to about 18 I think 19 staff now bloody yeah, hell yeah a couple of casuals but yeah we've, it's a big jump yeah. taking on a member staff yeah it, it, we've just took on a, an, another full time chef and that jump's massive man you know as a wage it come, that, you know, that's straight off the bottom line do you yeah. know what I mean it's, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a huge jump so yeah. in five years to get from 10 to 19 that's a yeah so that's great that's, so we've cut back on farmers markets and a couple of wholesale accounts because our shop is just taking all of that so we can generate or push all that product through through into the shop so it's good that we've you know we can still hire staff and then um yeah maintain that yeah for yeah, sure 100 yeah. you're born in cornwall yeah Penzance, cornwall yeah, yeah. how, how was Col- how was it growing up in cornwall awesome yeah i love cornwall so i kind of miss it from time to time um we try and go back once a year to see my family because they're, they're pushing on a bit growing up cornwall is cool yeah it's very relaxed and everyone's kind of jolly and happy and you know it's, it's quite a quite a nice place to grow up yeah you go yeah. out and play in the gar- I play in the parks and uh, yeah it was, a, it was a good place fishing, really, fishing? were you, were you um, inland or near yeah we, we lived around a place called Mounts Bay um, in Penzance and there's a bay called Mounts Bay and there's St Michael's Mount so we we kind of grew up, we grew up playing lots of sport yeah. we didn't do much fishing we, even though we were actually a stone throw from the sea 
Uh, so yeah, it's all about sport. Yeah, but we, it was great. I love yeah. the reason I asked is because we used to go on Lou. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Lou. from the border. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lou so, Perro. Yeah, and it, we used to go there in the summer. Yeah, and um, it's one of the things that we got into cooking because my it was my, my grandparents used to take me down, yeah. and one of their friends had a cafe. And I just seen that you know I used to go down and they would be making just bacon sandwiches you know on the front there yeah. just you know the yeah, arcades and yeah. all that and that's why I was like oh this looks awesome that was one you know I was always into cooking but prior to that but um, yeah. yeah but them summer holidays down there it's yeah. beautiful yeah it's, it's one of the best places to be it's so beautiful and yeah yeah it's, and, it's, and nowadays it's, the produce is staying in Cornwall so we make in Cornwall we make, there's a lot of great veg and uh, obviously the fishing is exceptional yeah with bass and mackerel it's turbot. Um, so yeah, a lot of that staying in Cornwall. There's lots of great places to eat them in in actual in Cornwall. From um, there's a place called the Shore in Penzance, all the way to Rick Stein, Jamie Oliver, and then um, there's a few other good places. The pubs have really stepped up their game and just using what's around them. English pubs, really, man. Yeah, yeah. Come on, yeah. Like, you know that yeah, is yeah. probably the, that is the probably one of the main thing that I miss. To be totally honest with you, is yeah, it, yeah. You know, Pine in the garden in the yeah, summer exactly, day. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, life's a dream. <laughs> <laughs> the birds and yeah. the smell of cut grass and you know mm. all that kind of thing. So how did you um, how did you get become a chef? What made you you know what made you um, become a chef? Yeah, I was in school, so I was kind of a little bit lost. I had no idea. I enjoyed sport, but I wasn't good enough to be a pro footballer. Or, um, even though I played it every day, all day. But um, I guess my dad was a chef, so that kind of... Oh, okay. That was He got me a job at a big five-star in, in um, Selsdon Park near Croydon in London. Yeah. So I worked there. So did he, sorry, you went up to you. Did he work away? Was it, yeah, he, so yeah, my dad was um, a chef on... So he was working in, in Windsor and London in hotels, and he was working on big... Uh, cruise liner ships around the world. That's what uh, I wanted yeah, to do. Yeah, That's why that. I started being it. Like, like I thought, oh, I'll get on a cruise liner and travel the world. That was yeah, like yeah. one of the things that really kind of, even though I've never done it, that was one of the things. That's funny you should say that. Yeah, yeah, so that's what he did. He did that for years and years. I, I barely saw him when I was a kid. My mum and dad split up when I was like uh, real young and I lived with my grandparents. So he, but anyway, he would always be away on the ships cruising around. And then, so, he, but anyway, he had a few contacts in this big five star hotel in London. So I worked there. When I was, as soon as I finished college for two years, I moved college, to catering yeah, college, two, in, or education, in, yeah, catering college in yeah. uh, Campbell and Cornwall. So I did two years there and passed that. NVQ was it? Or, yeah, or, it's NVQ. Yeah, I did a yeah. BTEC as well and business studies, which kind of made no difference. But anyway, but, yeah, yeah. Um, so, 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 so basically, you got him through your dad. It was your yeah, dad, my dad pushed me. He had some great contacts in hotels. It was all you know. This is this is ninety. 96, because remember Euro 96. Oh, yeah, Gaza scored. You remember Gaza scored that goal? Yeah, it was a great summer. Yeah, it was a great summer, yeah. Yeah, and Labourers and Power and Oasis and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good time. Let's move to London. So, how old were you then? 18. Okay, so are you 40 now? Yeah, 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 good maths. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm 38. So, you must be 78, are you? Yeah. Yeah. No, 77, sorry. 77. October the 5th, 77, yeah. So, that's when I was born. And so, I moved straight to London because there was. You know, bright lights, big city. I was going to want to learn from the best and be with the best. So that's where I got my foot in the in the on the, um, in the door, I guess, um, by working as five stars. So I did a year there. I was like a third commie. By the time I finished, I was third commie running a third commie. Yeah, I was on like my pay was twelve grand a year. And we lived in, and it was good times. Yeah, we had it was like five or six kind of commies, and we were, was there yeah. a few kitchens within inside that hotel? Yeah, pastry was downstairs. Were you in pastry? Uh, no, 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 I was in the. I started off in larder. I was busting to get on sauce. So I got larder, veg, and I got onto sauce pretty quickly. Um, so I did that. Veg. For the last six, I was yeah, on veg at a veg, hotel. Veg, veg and soup. Yeah. yeah. So they were good, really good times. We had a really, really good, good, good team. Big brigade. Yeah, there was masses. There was chefs everywhere. Um, must have been twenty plus thirty. Yeah. I know, a lot of chefs you know all the yeah. stuff they do for the uh, room service and there's functions every time. Some it's because there's a quite a major golf course at the front and lawns so there they had weddings all the time yeah yeah it was it was it was a big fun, job eh? yeah it was great fun it was hard the first six months i was just a country bumpkin yeah you know, i was you know getting teased a lot for my accent and um the first few months were really hard and i always got fired because i was just you know i was just pretty crap third yeah day, first job and all that yeah for sure so um but yeah survived yeah i got on the source section and um yeah, I did it all by myself, yeah, and kind of made friends as I went up there. It was good. We had yeah, no sort of contact with a couple of them from those days. Are you from them yeah. days? Yeah, those days, was, it was a strong team. It was one of those times you have a moment in time where you yeah. bond with quite a few guys. So Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, it was, it was good times, really good times. And it, they have gone on yeah. to do other great things as well. Um, 
There's a guy called yeah, the other guy Peter. He's in, just moved to Seoul. He's a head chef in a major hotel. Not in South Korea. Yeah, he just moved from uh, Hong Kong to South Korea. Um, another guy, uh, Matthew Bishop. Yeah, I kept in contact with him. He worked at the greenhouse in London, a restaurant. Oh yeah. And he was yeah. um, Ramsey's place. Um, Maze. He was Maze. there head yeah, chef yeah. for quite a few years. So. Uh-huh. So yeah, yeah. So good, well. good crew, yeah. So then, how did you get in a bakery? Like, did you think um, chefing wasn't wasn't hard enough? You're like, oh, you know what, this isn't quite um, tough enough. When I was there, actually, I was always going to pop downstairs and help pastry after service, and then then I moved into London, worked in a place called Peter Terre, which is a two star. And so and I always wanted to learn more about pastry and bread. So when I started at Peter Terre, I I was on the petty four section. So so you'd have one doing bread, one couple of doing pastry, and, and I was doing petty four as my first after a month once. I settled in. I did a month. So I did. Um, it was thirty-two per table. So that was my 30, I, I, thirty-two petty fours. Yeah, per table, yeah, all made. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of Madeleine's baked to order. So I would do that um, just because I was told to do it. I had to do it because to get in the kitchen, I had to do get, go through pastry and then get onto larder and fish and meat and all, all the stuff with Tom. So I did that for quite a while, and then everything had to be immaculate. You know, squares had to be extremely spot on square all the layers had to be perfect so that and then I guess it got my passion into baking um, did you so enjoy that. that did you enjoy the lines and yeah the yeah, I did, yeah. yeah it's not really my, th- my thing but I kind of appreciated it and enjoyed it yeah Yeah. Um, but then I got into bread as well so that we made bread on that section and also and then I did pastry so towards. at this point you didn't know anything about oh, no, you know, zero, maybe just, just, just from about, college yeah. yeah I did yeah. stuff at college and at Selsdon Park but I was always um, that yeah I guess that that pushed me and you know made me think about making bread. I just really enjoyed making, you know, all the bread stuff. I mean, I was used to bread back then, but yeah, it's fine. It was yeah, the introduction fresh into baking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whereas nowadays, I've learned all about sourdough bread. So, um, so that was an introduction into. So it was just, and then every time I worked in a restaurant, all the time I was a chef, it was always either help with the um, the baking or the pastry or bread, or I would get into. Um, well, I just do it. I just do it as part of my job. Yeah, I'll yeah. help after service or just just do it. Going yeah. back to that yeast thing, there's, I want to get into all the, into the fermentation and all the rest of it. But yeah, I've worked at a few restaurants where we've made bread. One actually, a hotel with a guy who used to be <coughs> the head baker of Rick Stein's whole thing. I don't know if oh, you know yeah. him. He, no, he was like no. quite a young lad. He come up. We. I was working at this hotel, one of the senior sous chefs from Rick Steins got the head chef at the hotel, he'd come up, he brought his baker up to set up the bread system Aye, for us. Yeah. It was really good, I knew nothing about bread, I only worked with him for a couple of days and not even that full time because I wasn't in pastry, but I just kept on yeah. going in and asking him questions and torturing him probably, he's probably like, well, this is but anyway, and um, yeah, he set up the whole system of making the day before, we used to put it in the racks, put in this like, um, like a th- insulated jacket oh, yeah. and then put that in the fridge, in the fridge yeah, and then yeah. yeah in the night and then in the morning you bring it out yeah, yeah. take off the jacket yeah let it come up and then like 11 30 we put it all you know 11 o'clock we put it in the oven for lunch yeah. and then there'd be another one that you'd pull oh, out yeah. just before dinner oh, and yeah. then night staff would roll you know it'd be like that kind of system yeah and um but if i remember rightly it's going back a few years i don't think we had I think we didn't. I think we used a yeast, and then we used the bread from a little bit of the bread from like oh, two yeah. days ago or like three ferment, days ago. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't have like I want to get in a start. I don't really want to get in a start because I want to go deep in that with you. But that's the way. Instead of managing a starter, yeah. we would use like three days bread ago, and then that would go into like Mondays would go into Wednesdays, and then Tuesdays would go into Thursdays. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Have yeah. you, do, do you know that system? Yeah, yeah. I guess I could, yeah see it, but. Um like a similar well our starter so we, we have a starter that we feed twice a day so we always leave a bit left over and take that so that starts up our bread but I mean some people use the ferment from bread like I guess like our croissant so we keep the, all the scraps from our croissant dough and put that into the next dough oh okay so, so this is a, so it's, a, it's a real thing it's, it wasn't like a, a yeah, yeah. you know it's still yeah it's, yeah, it's just um, it's not quite as good it's not, it's no. not as good is it no it's, it's not good it's, simple, but, um, it's, it's simplifying yeah. isn't it a little bit yeah I guess yeast is kind of like um, using yeast as it's like an athlete, athlete on steroids. Yeah, it's just um, yeah, okay. you know, you know, it's going to get a good performance from it. But um, using proper sourdough culture, you're just going to have you, you're going to have a way better, tastier product. Yeah, with, yeah for sure. Nutrition and all, and well, all that. I yeah. want to get into that. But what I, what I keep on hearing about is ancient grains. Ancient grains, yeah. So yeah. what what are, what what are ancient um, grains? And uh, this might sound ridiculous, but is it like similar to like rare breed pork? Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I guess so. It's it's. The origin of um, origin of um, 
wheat and grain. So I guess you, so. Originally, you had einkorn around the around the Fertile Crescent, which is kind of around Syria, Turkey, all, all that kind of region. Um, maybe Iran. So anyway, so that that kind of region in the Middle East, and so that that so you had einkorn, and then and from there we had grasses that just cross pollinated by by chance, they think, or by fluke. So what you're so saying from, is this is where it einkorn. started. This yeah, is, this, so this is, is kind of where they think it started. This is probably around at least 10,000 years ago, maybe more. Yeah. So einkorn's kind of the big, big grandfather. Well, then you had emmer, emmer, E-M-M-E-R, and then you have spelt. Um, and from these grasses, you've, you've kind of got um, the wheat we've got today, or, you know, wheat, um, it's quite complicated. Yeah. So you get, it's like a whole family. So you get, and then various forms of all of these, you got rye grass as well. Yeah. So rye come from all that. So, so there you're, um, ancient ones I guess and then your heritage ones are probably more um, heritage grains more like the um, maybe the federation wheat for, in Australia you got federation wheat um, which kind of adapted to, and grew pretty well in Australia so and then there's modern wheat so the, there's a green revolution I think in the 50s or 60s in the states to make wheat high yielding and low low kind of root system or low the stalk size so it was easy to harvest in the combine harvester yeah yeah and then for mass producer so mass produce yeah yeah, yeah so yeah. high yielding so most of our market maybe 80 90 percent i'm not sure the exact figures but it's a high yeah. proportion of our wheat these days is modern wheats less flavor high yielding you know it's cheaper for the farmer easier for the farming you know, petrochemical farming so them ancient grains are they, are they starting so, to come more out yeah are, are, are people yeah. starting to like restart planting them or is that can yeah, you yeah. do that is that, the, is that yeah so um in well we get a lot of inspiration from america so i went to the grain gathering two years ago and there's so much of it over there which comes from europe you know einkorns emma is easy ac accessible and various varieties of wheat and in australia there's um our suppliers whole grain are starting to grow einkorn up up north um, and we're dealing with a company called Woodstock in just on the border of New South Wales and Victoria so they're pretty sure they're putting einkorn and emma and various forms of wheat old, older varieties of wheat um, yeah. so yeah it's happening definitely yeah and, and this, um, so this is the this, this effectively is, this is, the, is the grains are the ones that where it all started you're going back yeah, to, yeah. right back to the beginning yeah, yeah back yeah it's the same I guess the same with your tomatoes you're going back to where it where it may not be high yielding, but it tastes good. And if it tastes good, I believe it's it's good for your um, health and, and also the soil as well, without putting crap into the soil, because that's gonna put crap in the soil. I believe it goes into the grain and you eat it, and it just is in, yeah, your, yeah. It's in your food chain. So I'd reckon it's um. Well, it's the same as yeah. like hormones and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Animals, isn't it? And yeah, yeah. Now that um, yeah. antibiotics yeah, are, yeah. are not going to be, you're not going to, they're not going to have an effect. Yeah. in the next 10 or 15 or 20 years or whatever it is due yeah. to the fact that we've been having so many antibiotics yeah, yeah. through animals and ourselves yeah. yeah it's not good yeah. it's definitely not good yeah it's it's, it's fascinating that we, we start it, it's a real great time i know this sounds a bit deep like i always say but we, we're quite lucky to be at this point in yeah. you know your career our careers where people have really started to take notice of this kind of thing mm. do you know what i mean like yeah, yeah, my yeah. grandparents and my parents and that they were just head down and everyone's kind of ripping them off effectively but now with the internet yeah. people have been able to research you can connect with people in america yeah you can do all these things quite easily and um and it's gonna we're gonna be here at the time it all starts changing yeah it is yeah because we like i say we're woodstock and there's a guy down in mornington who's starting to grow grain jason at two wrong um and he's you know in the same idea as us you know want to grow grain so it's that's gonna taste good yeah yeah, yeah. it's so exciting it's a big investment but it's, it's really it's hard, yeah so this is only last couple of years that we found Jay well last year what we know it was only a few months ago we found Jason down in Mornington which is like super close for the local grain economy and there was Woodstock we found last year Anthony who used to run Greenvale farm he's keen to grow grain for us like red fife and all the, those heritage wheats and Sonora um, yeah so it's very exciting that in the last few years that this is you know this is because if you were doing yeah. this yeah. 20 years ago you wouldn't yeah you've been laughed at you know just yeah the farmers would have wouldn't well even yeah, most of the farmers wouldn't even be interested yeah because it's low, low yielding but um, uh, so that thought like, let's just say a 25 kilo bag of flour of normal you know mass produced high yielding flour is costing you 20 bucks let's just say hmm. what kind of price would you be looking at do you think for the um well for example the spelt we buy is plus is around 80 bucks 80 to 85 the rye is similar um we, yeah. we're getting a bag of some bags there's a there's a company in mid victoria 
who's got emigraine. So it's, again, it's in the $80 mark, which is wheat it's around between 40 to 50 bucks for good organic wheat. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, so it's pricey, but um, yeah, it's not. It's harder to work with because the, the structure and the, the protein structure is different to actual um, to wheat. But it's interesting. My customers love it. They, they, yeah, they get into it. Conscious consumers, it. aren't they? Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. which is like. Uh, for me now, not to eat free range, like it, yeah, it makes yeah. me feel a little bit. I do, yeah. you know, I'm a bit like I don't know yeah, about yeah, that, same. and it sounds really ridiculous. Yeah. And now we, once you get, I think once you get this, like again, I always go on about shorts is organic milk. I just love that milk. Yeah. I, yeah, you good. know, once you have that, and, and you just can't drink anything. Like what? Yeah. Do, do you know? Me and Beck always laugh and say like, honestly, our outgoings. If you got all our outgoings. And you would like look down and say, look, you're overspending or whatever. They'd be like, do you really need to spend that much on, do you know what I mean? Like yeah. the milk's like four bucks and like, you know, yeah, yeah. it's like. But, but, it's, but it's your, it, I guess it's, it's your health though, isn't it? I mean, because if I wouldn't give it to my daughter, I wouldn't give it to my parents because I always think about, she's my main influence. I wouldn't give her mass produced industrialized wheat. You yeah. Know, it's not fair on her or, or the soil. So it's the same with the customers. Yeah. It's good to pay, you pay extra, but. It is what you it know, is. So right? you um, feel better for it. <laughs> That's the main thing. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, um, and what, what, you're saying about all these ancient grains from the Middle East and whatnot, but what ingredients from Australia, yeah. you know, indigenous ingredients? Is it indigenous? Do you say indigenous uh, ingredients? Native. Uh, native, native I guess native. Yeah, probably. Na native ingredients. Yeah, sure. um, yeah we. we um, I guess I get inspiration from from people like uh, Ben Shuri, Attica, or Jock at um, uh, Orana, and um, Ren, even when Renny Rizepi come here, you know these guys are really searching to see what's what's on in the land in Australia. So um, yeah, from pretty much day one from our bakery, it's always been something of interest to us at our bakery to use to use these ingredients. Uh, for example, like Davidson Plum, which is a beautiful. We make a really nice jam and put it into a Monte Carlo, which is like an old. Uh, biscuit from Arnott's, I think. Yeah, we don't, we didn't, we something that I, I never. What, Monica, is it, yeah, it's is like it, a sandwich. It's, yeah, sandwich. So yeah, I never yeah. heard of it until yeah. I came to Australia. So our pastry chef made these up. Then we got into the idea of sticking in like a proper uh, jam that's made with Australian ingredients. Then um, there's stuff like waddle seed, which we use in our bread with macadamias and red gum honey. So it's, it's I guess, throughout our baking, it doesn't always work, but um, it's interest for us to to explore what's in Australia because a lot of it's been either lost or stolen or destroyed when they when their settlers came so it's good to um, and support the communities here as well definitely yeah, but, but also it's not just about finding the ingredient the ingredient might be I don't want to say like, not do this wrong but it might taste rubbish on day yeah. one but there's also a, a process that might like a you yeah. know a, a, a process that only the Aboriginal community might yeah. know that you need to find that process yeah, it yeah. might take longer you know, if you got a pig's trotter or you know a pig's ear or something like that, and you years, you know, you wouldn't know how, and you didn't cook it right, you couldn't. It would be disgusting. But yeah. cooked right, it's really nice. And yeah. I guess that's the same with them. Yeah. And the only way you're going to know that without spending thousands of years of yeah. trialing is to to work alongside the communities. I know yeah. that Jock is doing that, isn't he? Yeah, you know? yeah, Jock's in um, in the, the communities in WA and South Australia. He's cataloging, I think, pretty much all the, all the ed edible ingredients in the bush. So, which is fantastic, yeah. I mean, it gives the, if people want to use it, have access to it, you know, it gives us, um, you know, an idea of what's, what we can, can actually eat, yeah. Yeah, and just, use it for, exactly. Without going into the bush and just eating random yeah, berries. Tripping, and tripping and, up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Getting high on, or dead on some crazy berry. I don't know if you remember, it used to be on a Sunday afternoon in, in England. It was called the Bush Tucker Man. Do you remember that? No, no, I don't know. Oh, man, it was, it, no. it was a guy... And he used to go out in the outback, he had his truck, and he went there and he would meet with the, the indigenous people and, and, you know, they would yeah. show him. And, and so from a really young age, I've always, like, known about it and yeah. known, you know, you know, berry stuff and, and all mm. the rest. You know, it was fun. I used to love watching that. Used, it was after Sunday dinner, you know, I sit down and watch Bush Tucker Man. Yeah, it was I never fun. heard yeah. Never heard of it. No, no, I was on Skippy. I didn't, didn't get yeah. into Bush Tucker Man. <laughs> 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 um, what else? I read in your book that they found a, a piece of stone in New South Wales from is it thirty thousand? Uh, it's over sixty thousand. Um, Within it's least. got traces of flour on it. Is that yeah? Right? They believe so. Yeah, they're trying to carbon date it. Um, the, the stones are huge. So, so back in the old days, the um, the Aboriginal people would harvest. Well, they, they farm the land. I mean, they, they farm the land and they they would harvest the grain, dry it, and then they would grind it on big. So I guess like a giant mortar and pestle. Yeah, yeah. So they grind it and then I believe they fermented it here, yeah, but they, they made breads like similar to injera in um, Ethiopia, I think it is. Yeah, made flat breads, you know, because yeah. 
you know, super tasty nutritional kind of breads from these um, there's grains. That lady, there's that lady in the at the farmer's market, isn't there? There's yeah. a lady from um, Ethiopia that does these breads. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a, a special. Injera, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. From Tef. So, I mean, yeah, Tef, that's Tef, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is kind of, so they would grind it and then... Um, we think they cooked it over hot coals or something, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. Then, yeah, so. Yeah, build a fire, get yeah. a big stone, put it in there or something. Yeah. You know, it would have been like that, well, I should yeah, imagine. Yeah, so, so bread had been made in this country before, um, um, before like, it's been accepted. Like, everyone knows about the um, Fertile Crescent, and the Egyptians, and all those people who, who fermented um, wheat and different grains. So you're so, saying it was before that, yeah, but yeah, just so, with a different ingredient. Yeah, just different, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's things like, grain called um, native or it's called panicum which is a native millet seeing like kangaroo grass and there's various quite a wide range of grasses that they would harvest grind and you know make into something edible so which yeah. wouldn't be classed as bread as we know it but it, it was still uh, a bread yeah flatbread yeah, yeah flat probably breads, in that yeah. style yeah um, damper I guess yeah there's still I mean um, Bruce Pascoe has got a team doing lots of research on this and trying to Trying to carbon date these stones and yeah, working. So, so would that be the first? Would that be the probably? Yeah, probably the first bakers are actually in in this country, Australia. Yeah, that's uh, that's what we we think. Yeah, that's from, fascinating, from isn't it? Yeah, from evidence. Yeah, yeah, it's very fascinating. It's been it's been a, it was a big journey writing this book. So we we found out a lot about what what actually went on in Australia. It was, it was yeah, yeah, yeah it really educate. Like you yeah. must have, did you educate yourself a lot by doing this book? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we spent time with Bruce. We did the harvest with him, um, sorry, Bruce Pascoe in Malakuda. So we did the harvest of the kangaroo grass. So we, we got to learn a lot. I mean, he told me a lot, a lot of stories about, you know, how the um, local people harvested and you know, ate and lived off the land pretty, pretty successfully. Yeah, they flourished. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. I always look. I always think about this. You know, they say look at history for the future. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I honestly, I love that. It, yeah, it's, you it's know, the same with grain. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. what. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like. Yeah. We don't need to start being advanced. We just need to look. We did really well back then, mm. you know. Like we got to this point through yeah. that. Like so. So I think now, like, I keep referring back to that. We start. I think our generation are starting to look back and mm. and to take the history forward to progress. Yeah. Mankind. Yeah, yeah. Do you know absolutely. what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's the big thing I've been thinking about for the last year or two. I mean, we we're going back to go forward. Yeah, exactly. So. Well, we're using stone grain flour, or, you know, organic flour. I mean, we, the food system is so crap these days that we have to label things organic or biodynamic. So, because there's so much, so many people are spraying the crap out of um, the, the soil to make, you know, high yield. And you know, I can see why they do. I guess they want to make lots of money. Yeah. But um, yeah, but we're going back to um, back to the way before before industrialized farming. And well, I remember being at bacon. school. Yeah. And, and learning about farming, we know yeah. we used to do farming. And you know, they would, and it would say, you know, in that field, you would grow a grain year one, yeah, and yeah. then grow, year yeah. two, you might grow potatoes, Crop and year three, yeah. you might put, you know, whatever it might be, flowers yeah. or you know, different. And it would just you would move it round. Yeah. So each year, it wasn't it wasn't one grain or one thing wasn't just draining that one yeah, thing yeah. that it needed. Yeah, same here. We learned at school. Yeah. 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 And then I, over the year, like I just kind of forgot all about that, like. You know, I didn't really think much about it, but now I'm really starting to think, oh, why is that not happening anymore? Yeah. Like, why have they just, instead they must just put heat, all the things that they need, need yeah. put that into the soil, which is just, yeah, you know, fertilizers, fertilizers yeah. or whatever. But where, if you just manage it properly, and if everyone stops worrying about the dollar, if everyone yeah. starts understanding that food, you've got to pay for it. It's yeah. not like, it's not five bucks, or, well, yeah. two bucks or 250. It's 750. And if you want a loaf of bread or if you want, yeah. A piece of meat—it's seven bucks, and that's it. Yeah, or ten. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you if you deal with your land properly, you'll um, with good rotation, you'll actually get rid of your weeds through good, healthy soil. You wouldn't even weeds. Yeah, won't, exactly. Won't appear. Exactly. Like the the, yeah. the 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 worms and all this will look after yeah, all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And the, 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 the insects yeah. and everything. But it just makes me laugh. Like honestly, it's it's, it's the way that. Let's just say one lawyer, let's just say for instance, one lawyer all of a sudden says, right, everyone else is charging $100 an hour. He goes, mm. you know, I want to do it $30 an hour. Yeah. And then so everyone starts going to him. So then yep. next thing you know, a couple more say, well, I'll be, I'll be $30 an hour. Mm. And you know, and then all of a sudden, yeah. the lawyer's rate is $30 an hour because yeah. you've got, you can't beat it. 
And I feel like that's a little bit with food, a little yeah, bit like... More like with coals and... Yeah, exactly, here, exactly. They've got, you know what, farmer, you make it cheaper, we'll buy this much off you, mm. and we'll just sell it 250 then... Well, it's a seven dollar product. Mm, yeah, yeah, but we'll just sell it for two fifty. Yeah. So then it brings everyone gets so used to spending two dollars or yeah. two fifty. It's hard to get them apart with seven. It's like, yeah, but you're not understanding what's going on behind the scenes. Yep. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah, yeah. how I feel. Like yep. they like the coals and the wool is that are just dragging the whole yeah. quality down. Yeah, it yeah. makes everyone else. Then when you try and charge the price that it should be because you're getting free range organic, you know, whatever it might be. Mm. That you're looked at, that you're the greedy one. It's like no, 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 no. Yeah, no, no, absolutely no. Our, our bakery is, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of loss on our uh, product, and we spend a fortune on good local products. So, it's but uh, hard if we were charged, if we were charged what we're supposed to charge, we would, um, you know, be fine. But uh, the customers probably wouldn't be happy paying twelve, thirteen bucks for a loaf of bread. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we, we kind of yeah, it's break even. You know, we make enough to get by and. Not be, yeah. yeah, and hopefully, you know, yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy though, eh? so, yeah, yeah, it's bad. I mean, supermarkets are like I say, it's probably the biggest problem with in you know, mass produced kind of stuff, farming yeah. and, and their baking with um, driving prices down because they're like bread yeah. go from grain mixed, baked in a plastic bag in just a few hours, and that's it, yeah. So, it's, I it's got crazy. something the other week from from the, like one of them par bake things, I just, yeah, it's pretty embarrassing to actually say, but it happened, do you know what I mean, and yeah. I honestly. I'm not. I'm not just saying it was literally. We I, we threw it out. I couldn't eat it. It was yeah, like yeah. it was literally like plastic. I'm not even see. I'm being deadly serious. Like you could mold. It was just. Yeah, it's it, disgusting. It's, it's zero. Disgusting. It's negative kind of health. Yeah, exactly. Health, yeah. It's, like, <laughs> bad, yeah. it's negative. Right, anyway, it's ingredients list along as long as an A4 piece of paper. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. But then again, I, I I just toss and turn about all this stuff. Like I have so many arguments about it. Like if people. If people just started going to other places and you know did even one shop a month mm. at the farmers market or one shop a month at a, a, a local grocery store where they've got good proper yeah. produce, yeah. you know, so over time it, it, we could start making some real yeah, changes. Yeah, education. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Education that's and realizing, you know, and not getting upset because of the food has got a little spot on it or you know, mm. you know, all we know all yeah. these things anyway. We all know it, but it's just yeah. pretty frustrating. It, it is. Really yeah, is. yeah. It's just just keep chipping away. That's what we do. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, the t- and, our, and our staff are informing our front of house. We you know, do lots of training with our front of house so they can tell the customer what this grain is at the weekend if we get special grain. So it's education our staff and then that pass that on to the customer and the consumer yeah yeah exactly yeah. which you've got to do haven't yeah. you exactly yeah. right I want to ask you some te- technical questions well you know technical for me because I don't know virtually anything about baking yeah we'll probably put you simple for you um, what is is it autolies uh, yeah so that's something that was discovered in the 70s in France so that's autolies yeah so that's um, basically it makes your life a lot easier what do you you chuck in your flour and your water into the um, bowl give it a mix of it to the flour disappears and it kind of, the flour kind of absorbs all the, it's kind of like when you're soaking your pulses, the flour absorbs all the uh, liquid and kind of forms uh, gluten kind of bonds and then it kind of goes all stretchy. So you, you kind of, it takes out all the mixing in bread. So we recommend, we do that at the bakery obviously and then in the book we we, we tell people to do it because it's, um, if you leave it for half an hour, you'll see you'll, you'll be able to pull it and it'll be stretchy. You'll actually get bonds of um, gluten forming there. So and that was only in the 70s? Uh, I think so. Yeah, a guy yeah. called Professor Raymond Cavell, who wrote a wrote a book, a great book called The Taste of Bread. So, so, um, so yeah, and, and to pronounce it Ortolese, is that what you said? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, Ortolese, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's um, and we do at the bakery for at least two or three hours. Yeah, it's and then you get it's more extensible dough, easier, you know, less mixing time, which less oxidization. Yeah. So you, less in the mixer. That's yeah. what you're saying, right? And, yeah. Yeah, and and for the home baker, it's great. You just chuck it in, leave it for a while, and then you come back to it and you've got this dough that's kind of. Cumberland's come together, yeah, you, um, just a few, add in your salt and your starter and then you do your few folds to build up the strength and get the fermentation going and you've got an easy loaf of bread, you have to stick it, you don't have to beat the shit out of it or anything, you just yeah, yeah. let the, let the grain do the work. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Bassinage? Bassinage, yes, uh, so kind of, what that's the term, well, we, um, so once you kind of mix your dough, if it's fit, obviously every day is different in the, in the environment humidity or the grains different you know even the staff getting used to it so we mix our dough it was feeling a bit we'll mix all those dry to so get them nice and strong or slightly dry and then it's kind of like pouring oil into eggs to make mayonnaise you just we just slowly add in water into the um into the bowl with the dough and just mix it into so it's the right hydration and we stop it and add more if it needs it so it's just getting the right hydration so and that's just by looking feeling just, yeah, experience it takes experience yeah I mean, it's one thing that 
takes time. It's just a, for everyone, even when you get used to it, it's different. Yeah, it's just experience. Yeah, you get the touch and feel for the for the uh, loaf of bread or the dough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what what's the benefits about milling? Because I, I see a lot of people are milling their own flour. Yeah. There's yeah. like them lovely machines. And yeah. were you were a place. Um, yeah, we did an event um, last month called uh, for Taste in Australia. So. This is guys from America called um, Andrew and Blair. They've got a place called Elmore Mountain Bread and they make stone mills and they're incredible. They're big, beautiful Vermont granite stone mills. Yeah, and he's, um, he's got engineer background, I believe. So. Yeah, he must have. And he's extremely smart. Yeah, and he's, he's, he bakes and he's, he's incredible. Yeah, it's so inspiring. So they build these amazing structures, quite beautifully simple, but the flour produced was exceptional. Was it? Nice and fine, you get high extractions of um, of the grain, so you yeah, can brand putting and the lines or whatever. Yeah, so he's got the furrows in various places, so it passes through as it goes out towards the edge of the stone. It passes through the furrows, so it kind of um, as um, it goes out, goes it goes out, finer. Yeah, it goes finer and finer. Yeah, yeah so he gets incredible flour from it. So I mean, to when we made um, lots of bread from it and croissant as well, so. It's just way more flavour. He's got lots more going on. So you got the germ in there, all the oils, and you got the um, the bran as well, the fibre, which is pretty important for your diet and your well-being. So, um, and when you yeah. when you use that flour, you could yeah. actually you could tell the difference. Do you yeah, yeah, it's got it's just filter. It's but what about fresh when you, what and oily. It's a smell to it. Oh, did taste. it? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. It was, it was exceptional. Yeah, just you even taste it. You know, straight away. It's super fresh. Um, yeah, we mixed it. You know, let it mix it the next day and for the same with the croissant as well. Yeah, yeah, it's harder to deal with because it's more volatile because it's not, you know, a lot of bakers tell you to leave flour sit for a month, which I think is rubbish because then it just goes stale and ox- oxidized, it's just crap. So how, uh, how quickly would you try and use a bag of flour? Uh, we've got a mill at the bakery, but it's tiny. So my our dream and goal was to have a mill, especially from the, the guys at Elmore. But, um, is that them we, guys, the American guys? Yeah, yeah. El- Would Elmore. you get one of them? Is that what you would yeah, get? Yes. We don't have space at the bakery, but yeah. one day that's our, my dream. So, but we, um, w- when we deal with our um, suppliers, whether it's Woodstock or whole grain, we we we, we want our flour as fresh as possible. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's just way better. It tastes better. Yeah, yeah. I believe it's, it's um, the same. I always look. I think a great example of, of like how quickly things can depreciate and like not quickly, you know, but is ice cream, vanilla ice cream. You know when you mm. freshly churn vanilla ice yeah, cream. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's something yeah. that you, like. If you've never done it, you will never understand. I don't think. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, it, it's so simple. You know, anglaise, vanilla. You know, yeah. so, you know, churn it, taste it, and even if you ch- taste it a day, two days later, it's a completely. It's, yeah, it's like it's, night and day. Yeah, I, yeah. You just brought back memories of me putting my fist into the pot. <laughs> it's yeah, it's, 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 it's off the chart. Yeah, it's yeah, it's amazing. Great flavors. Yeah, it's just fresh as best. It's like Chef Tom Akins. I used to work at Peter Taylor. He, he was also fresh as best, and that you know stuck with me for forever. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, same with grain, but, yeah. but and and I'm learning as well is with um, spices. Mm. It's the yeah, same yeah. with spices. Yeah, same. Yeah, we with our cross buns, we grind our spice fresh, gain yeah. flavour here. Yeah. yeah, and also your supplier, we yeah. the supplier we use. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, you know we, we try and get a good look it's early days we still could get them fresher there's no two ways about it yeah. but you've got to build a relationship slowly at the yeah, end of the day yeah. you know but we do I do try and say oh you know if you can can we get it from the batch just around yeah. you know like yeah. sell that to someone else yeah, who doesn't really care that much maybe company. you know yeah. like any chance of me getting the good stuff because I know it's yeah. there because obviously they've got to do rotation mm-hmm. and you want them to jump it you know sometimes you do something yeah. but it's worth an ask yeah definitely you know, yeah, it's the same with grain yeah, but we, you know we're always yeah, if, it, if it's not milled within a couple, week or two, I oh, will send an email to push them to get that flour fresher, and then you'll you'll yeah. pester them and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's funny. Like I got that from a guy, you know, and um, when we were about fish, when we were back in England, we were mm. cooking, you know, we we're getting fish, and he used to he used to complain, and the fishman complain and complain and complain, mm. and the fishman was like, no one else complains. He says well, that makes me really happy. Yeah. Because if no one else is complaining, it means that you're going to send me the best stuff. You're going yeah, to you yeah. send the people that don't complain yeah, and send yeah. me the good stuff. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So that kind of always stuck me. Like, yeah. Always just ask. Just say, any, you know, have you got any better stuff than this? And Not be a cockhead, don't get me wrong, but you can always be saying, any, can we get a bit better or in it? Yeah, yeah, always, always best. Every day you've got to get better at something. So, yeah, yeah that's, yeah, if that means you're above the rest, yeah, pushing the... Pushing Trying it. to get a little, yeah. exactly, a little bit better. Mm. Okay, the... Um, 
And then I want to I want to ask you what what is a starter, and then also can you talk about the fermentation of sourdough yeah. and how the natural yeasts and lactic acid bacteria work together? Yeah, yeah. yeah. To be create eth- what is it carbon dioxide and eth- um, it? yeah, it's pretty complex. I, I guess I, I guess so. Starter. So there's lots of names for it. So I mean, we just call it starter and. France you might call it Levan or so a mother is kind of where you have your starter and you take off some of that and build up your feeds for your sourdough. Uh, we just call our starter, we call it starter and feed it twice a day and we take out a proportion of what we need for um, for the bread production and what's left we just feel feed to build up for the next day. So what kind, in, in, in your yeah. size what kind yeah. what, what what kind of quantity of a starter do you hold like on um, class? What's your? We only have just enough for what we need so it's not masses it's probably um, a big day between ten to fifteen kilos, perhaps. Yeah. Like. Okay. Shit. So that's quite. Yeah. yeah. So uh, as that, I don't want to get the answer of this, but as that starts to, as a week, I'm guessing you're busy at the weekend. Yeah. It builds up during the week. So, yeah. yeah. So you'll have a yeah. smaller starter on Monday, and then you just feed yeah. it harder Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday. Is that the way it yeah, works? Yeah. So we 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 work on um, Excel, so we type in what we need each day, and then it'll work at our our starter feed for the afternoon to build up. The next day and then our way ups for the morning when we do our first feed the final build in the morning it'll be yeah it's all calculated so it's all in the system so it just builds up during the week so we've always got enough for the production and enough left over to to feed because we have to yeah. maintain obviously because it's going to take five to six days for it to start another one so which will be up ship creek for sure <laughs> so pulling favors from guys in town yeah, can you borrow yeah. me some stuff? Yeah, yeah. it's not happened yet, but um, you know, you never know. Yeah, yeah, you never yeah. know. Yeah. So. so, and then there's a there's a whole process between the the the, the fermentation, isn't it? It's mm. the flour, the bacteria, yeah. and the yeast. The, the, the reason that, as well, yeah. we had a problem with um, we we do the pate and we have the jelly on the top, mm. and we, every now and again, like not many, I'm talking like we do thousands of them, mm. and every now and again we'll get little white spores oh, yeah, yeah. on the, and that's and then I had to it sounds ridiculous and I should have studied this but you just study you're learning as things go wrong yeah. I guess yeah, so yeah. I was like fucking madly looking through books trying to work out what was going on and because I was putting alcohol in but oh, the yeah. alcohol sits there so if there's alcohol and I was trying to work all this out and then I got on a pH and I found yeah. out about pH yeah. and how yeah, things yeah. can't grow in pH yeah. and, you know I just educate myself like that so the natural and I've spoke to a few food scientists since then and they said to be honest, there's nothing you can really do. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's going yeah. to be a point where you can just keep working at it and working at it, but there's natural yeast in the air. There's absolutely mm. nothing. Yeah, it's on our hands. Yeah, it depends on the baker. There's, there's a lot of studies coming out in the last few years about, you know, it's, it's everywhere. Yeah, it's on the grain. That's why we use good organic grain because anyways, there's yeasts on the uh, on the grain on a baker's hands as well. Yeah, yeah. It's this kind of stuff everywhere. In a, in a dough, they reckon there's probably between three to four different kinds of yeast and similar to bacteria as well so yeah. there's a lot going on in there yeah it's all wild, and, they, and then they ferment together don't they, they, yeah they, they work it's one of the few examples where uh, yeast and bacteria work together to to um, give you fermentation so the yeast so the, when the starches break you know when you first mix a flour you get enzyme activity so you get um, then all the starches break down into sugars and the yeast feed off, feed off that and then you get um, the bacteria you know, fermenting as well so you get different kind of acid, acids you know and then and then you get acetic acid as well towards the end if it's quite funky which is kind of more the vinegary style whereas the other end is more the yogurt style kind of right acid, okay, lactic yeah, yeah. acid fermentation yeah yeah different and stages they, they, they then create a gas is that how it works yeah so what we do so when we so going back to it, so when we mix the orderlies so the flour and water for the orderly so that's so you're creating bonds and then with the fermentation so you get the yeast giving off gases and the bacteria, so you you kind of um, got a network of gluten and then the gases. So you have to let it ferment for quite a long time. So um, for the gases and the, the gluten traps all these gases. That's where you get a loaf of bread. You know, with lots of holes. That's just a that's a web, web structure. Lots of pockets of gases there yeah, that you kind of bake to you, know, you stop it in time. I guess so. You stops when it when yeah, it's fully so approved. It, yeah. So basically, like you said, I like the way you said that stopping yeah. in time. Yeah. The inside that moment in time yeah. was as it was, and yeah, then yeah. as you put the heat on it, like yeah, you kind of like a steak. Yeah. yeah, you get a crust. Yeah. And then so, boof, you set that, and that's yeah. that moment in time. That is pretty. Yeah. You know, if you really think about that, that's pretty incredible. Really, yeah. Because you're, you're almost looking at history. Yeah. That looks sounds really bizarre, but that's yeah. yeah do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. You're stopping them. Doing a thing, yeah. So it's yeah, they're in there, um, and then yeah, that's why it does take. You know, it just takes time to make bread because you need to build up that 
population inside and uh, and the good and strength as well in the in the in to the be bottles. able to hold yeah, it to hold to hold all those um, to the gases yeah. <clears throat> I heard about um, again back in the day about setting starters off with like pineapple juice. And have you heard of this? Before? Yeah, people do. Yeah, some. Well, I guess it's just because they got acids and yeast in them. Um, and sugars or whatever. Yeah, honeys, orange juices, yogurt. Like it says in our book, we um, just use good whole grain flour. You, know, you don't need to mess around with too much stuff. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. And like you said, like. It doesn't matter if, if it's been going for 50 years, 10 years, or is it like 10 days or something? Uh, or yeah, it? it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's just, it will adapt to the environment. So yeah. if I take it to Sydney, it will change and with the yeast and the bacteria. Maybe pop, it'll change. It'll just evolve to wherever it's going to be. It doesn't, it's not going to be incredibly, it's not going to be like a, yeah, beautiful burgundy from the 50s or 60s or something. It's just, it's just going to evolve to, to wherever Where the environment's in and the grain and the flour. So it doesn't really matter. It's kind of a lot of crap, all that stuff about 100 year old starter, you know, so whatever. It doesn't matter, okay. No. And yeah. then also, I've seen you about you changing it. If you want to change it to a different grain, yeah. you just start yeah. feeding that and give that a period of time. Yeah. And then you can change that to a spelt or whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, spelt or rye, yes. If we, um, yeah, so you can just, um, as, long as, got, as long as you've got activity in there and your starter, whatever it may be, or wheat or rye. Just feed it with um, einkorn or something, yeah, and then you'll just be, you'll just be more of einkorn kind of yeah. flavours and fermented. I was listening about bacteria mm. and how much bacteria you've got in your stomach, mm. and they said there's more bacteria in your stomach than there is people on the in, on the planet. Yeah, and, yeah. Which is that just blows yeah, your mind. It is. <laughs> and then I was listening. I think it was probably Joe Rogan on a on a mad rant that they go on about how. Uh, there's people that say that the bacteria is running your body so mm. the human is just the vessel for the bacteria to survive yeah yeah it's do you scary. know what I'm, yeah. now when you start thinking about that yeah. that just blows your mind like yeah especially when you think of i don't know if you've seen the um oh like the corset mush i think the corset mushrooms that go inside the ants mm. have you seen them no, and it, it, it takes over the body wow. attenborough did it. it 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 almost it zombifies them yeah and then it makes them go to a high point and then this mushroom spore or bacteria whatever you want to call it comes through its head yeah. literally <laughs> and sprays the spores Jeez. out over it yeah and what these people are saying is that we aren't really what we are it's really trippy but i think yeah. about this shit all the time and then again when, I, when you you know that we're just a, a vessel to get to where the bacteria wants yeah. to go i guess they control us yeah they control exactly feelings yeah exactly yeah. and i do believe that i, I want yeah. to get into that in gut health and that because i truly believe that but um yeah that, that just and then to think that you're making that bacteria in bread mm. With the, it's just all bizarre. It just yeah, when you start it's, it's thinking weird. too heavily about it, yeah. it can just trip you out too much because yeah, that's true. a living thing, right? It needs feeding, it yeah. needs water, it needs a certain heat, it needs. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's it's living. It's, it's, yeah, it's and it reacts to the environment, yeah. like humans. Yeah. I know it's all. I know it's a bit much, but it yeah, trips me out so yeah, much. So there must be so much studies on that, but yeah, it's oh yeah, like it's like all the fibres are really important for breads and you know, dietary fibres and starches you know they're all good for your gut and well-being yeah yeah, yeah for sure yeah. Oh, do you still get excited when you open the oven door and see the bread yeah yeah so yeah if it's a good day um, do you get bad, bad days? days yeah we do occasionally a new staff or um, you know the bag is off the, the grain is not you know if we're trying to work out what's going on in, with the grain yeah we get bad days yeah um, well, that's good, good to hear. That's good yeah, to hear, yeah. honestly. I know yeah, it might not be good for you, no. but it's good to hear because no, we have bad days as well. Yeah, it's pretty satisfying with, uh, I guess that's why I got into baking. It's just, um, you know, every day is different. You get some exceptional days in the bakery. We pull out a loaf of bread and it's beautiful and nice crust and the crumbs really nice and tender. Um, same with croissant. Yeah, that's another big thing for us, croissant. Such a, such a, I think one of the hardest things to make. Are they? Yeah, yeah, think? They're really hard um, to be consistent as well. Yeah. How, how does it make you feel when it when it is... A, a, I think I know. I know you're not. It's so frustrating. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially if you don't know kind of what's going on at different stages, whether that's the staff or the flour or your. Well, we we switch butter. We're using Australian butter from King Valley, which is um, really beautiful butter, and I think it's important to use. We used to use butter from uh, France, like kind of what most bakers do around here. So and I think, just, and just go again. So, how expensive butter at the moment? Yeah, it's oh pricey. Oh my yeah. goodness! Yeah, yeah, really pricey. It's gone way up. Yeah, I think we pay. I think we. I think ours has gone. We use butter from uh, from Warnable. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Warnable Butter, I think it's called, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. And uh, I think it's got that, it's gone up a fair old chunk since we started. Yeah. I mean, like 50 bucks or something, 60 yeah. bucks since we started. Oh, it? yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's huge. Yeah, I think we used to pay five, six or seven bucks five years ago, and it's over nine, nearly 10 bucks now, yeah, for yeah. large quantities of butter from our supplier. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, bit, it's a fair old chunk of butter, but you know, yeah, it yeah. is what it is. Yeah, uh, that's why it's so satisfying. When we, once we've done the lamination and, you know, we'll pull out the crust on the bread, it's, yeah, it's very satisfying. Yeah, yeah. Have a loaf of bread on the shelf. Yeah. It looks, you know, when, it's, yeah. when everything works well, yeah. but you beat, I don't know about you, do you beat yourself up if it's not a little bit? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah. To- just torturing your old Some brain, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. it's so, like, people might think, oh, it's only a loaf of bread, or it's only this, or it's only that, but you're like, you just beat yourself up. Where's it gone wrong? Why is it like that? Yeah. So for us, one of our things was with the pate. So we do the pate, and it was, um, it was, it went from nice firm yeah. to like really, like, in the blink of an eye, it yeah. went to really, like, really soft. I was like, you're talking batches, it's like thousands of dollars. Like, mm. I was like, what, what is going yeah, on? I good. just couldn't work out. Like, everything's the same, or everything, everything's the same. Couldn't work out. Then I sweated some onions down for the for the rabbit turn to comfort the onions. Mm. And we got it down. It was, wasn't, it was one of the chefs, Tim, that, that spotted it, to be honest with yeah. you. And it, he had, you know, we do like 60 onions or whatever, sweat it all down, and it always looked like this. Mm. The next week, it was like soup, it was like onion soup. And we're like, yeah, right. what's going on? And then what I think it is, I haven't really, so anyway, what we did, we just had to cut the amount of onions and, and then drain them and do yeah. a few of the other oh, processes yeah. To, yeah. to get it there. Because yeah. we do it in a reduction yeah. with the booze. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then we just blend it in. Yeah. So we had to just start reducing the amount of onions because it was throwing out too much water. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, but what I think it is, you know, like when you get potatoes, the harvest potatoes, and then the the cut, they keep them in like dark storage. Yeah. Because they can't just harvest them to order. I I think that it, the onions at the later in the season, more sugars. Oh yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. they start fermenting a little yeah, bit yeah, themselves, yeah. and the sugars start breaking. Even though the onion looks the same mm. inside in the structure, I think the onion, the sugars and whatnot are breaking down. Mm. So when you sweat them off, they just you know they just really piss out. Yeah. Yeah, Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Well, that that took, sense. Yeah. it took ages to work that out. We were like, you know, yeah. I had some, a couple of weeks there where I was just stressing out, like I didn't know what was going on. And, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like little yeah. things like that that you've got to break down and yeah, you beat mean. yourself up about it. It's just torture. Yeah. And people it's might hard. look at it and go, it's only pie, it's only bread, but you don't understand how much like you yeah, put into that. Yeah, it's handmade, it's a lot of love in it. So yeah, yeah it's a bit destroying when it's not not uh, how you want it to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It changes every day. Yeah. I was going to say, are you still surprised when it turns out fantastic? And um, uh, I'm surprised. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's a good feeling when you put that loaf or a crust on. Um, yeah, every day. I mean, we've been at the bakery for five years, and so still, it's still pretty satisfying when the whole when you get a good bake, especially when the whole bake is great. Yeah. From, from the spelt loaf to the rye or the fruit bread. Yeah, it's good. And we, you know. It, because there's so many things like for you so many living uh, yeah we do you know pieces to the puzzle when it comes yeah. out it's like it worked do you yeah. know what I mean? like it yeah. worked and I do that you know when I pop a terrine or whatever and I cut into it and the nuts are all because it's not always like that you know they yeah. might always be on it's, nothing changes but sometimes the nuts are a little bit onto one side yeah. or the two slices don't have any you're like what the fuck is going yeah, on do you true. know what I mean but when it all turns out and it works like like yeah. it worked it's fine yeah it's fascinating yeah it's good yeah. um what's the difference between like wood fire you know you hear about wood fire mm. and i see that place you at with the americans they've got a wood fired uh the oh my god yeah they've got a credible wood fire oven there again that is andrew's uh made his oven so it's you can use a loader for it and it's you um they bake so that there's heaps of um water in the oven so which is kind of unusual for a wood fire oven i would say because you want the steam to help the bread to rise and then once the steam's gone, you kind of want it to dry out so you get a really nice crust. So yeah, so the steam really helps with the, for the rise and the caramelization. Um, yeah, wood-fired is, yeah, it's just, I mean, I've spent some time with John at Redbeard Bakery in Trentham. Um, yeah, so he, he's got an old Scotch oven. It used to be quite a lot in Australia, but they all got destroyed when um, when these, these big, um, baking companies like Tip Top got together and kind of destroyed all the artisan bakers and introduced roller milled flour. So yeah, you've got a little heat box on the side. You, you've got to take, it takes a while to heat up, you know, a day or put two. Wood, you can put yeah. wood in that in there. Put wood in your box on the right, and then the heat, you know, just, and it's all bricks, made of bricks, and it yeah. just takes takes a long time to heat up. Yeah. Once you do it, it's pretty, pretty Otherwise, do the brick, bricks break? Is um, that what happens? Could it be John, too hot? It, yeah, well, and they don't break. They, 
you, I think you've got to condition them, but that does, or you, you every year or so, you've got to maintain it. So you've got to shut the place down and to maintain oh, it or to make sure it's all yeah. good, yeah, tidy. Um, but the, the scotch oven they're built, so it's got braces on the outside of the oven, so as it expands, as it heats up, it expands. Oh, yeah. But he's got braces on to keep that. Some people didn't, so they just got cracks and cracks destroyed. And yeah, but his, his oven is beautifully, beautifully kept. Is that um, the dream for every baker? Do yeah, you a dream. Yeah, stone mill. Yeah, wood fire. It's, it's, yeah, it's a dream. It's just not always easy for everyone. Like, you know, yeah, we, we yeah, couldn't yeah. have a wood fire bakery in South Yarra, but you know, still. Um, yeah, it's a dream. Yeah, it's just a, it's an exceptional end yeah, to the product. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really tasty, crust. You know, you know, milling your own grains and yeah, it's a whole wood new, fire whole new, Yeah, it's a whole new process because you've got to time that heat with the. Um, the bread to be at is at the right stage to be baked. So oh, okay. there's another. So you're saying you'd mill it? You wouldn't mill uh, it to order, no? Uh, I guess you mill it the day before. Day before, yeah. Uh, mix yeah. it and then we have your bread. Okay, you get you get scheduled where you make it so your bread's kind of ready in this time frame. The oven will be ready about then, so you yeah, got to time yeah, it all. Yeah. And you got to load. Yeah, his oven's huge. So you got to load by the time you finish loading. You're almost unloading the first batch. It's yeah, full yeah. on work. It's physical, but. With that, that machine, like that um, big roller no, thing. Um, no, he, John doesn't have a, in America, he's, Andrew Elmore's got a big loader. He's made a beautiful design with the guys at Turtle Rock, which is the company that builds these ovens. But John's got a huge, great big wooden peels in, um, in Trentham, so he just unloads and unloads with peels. Yeah, big fine. giant things are like that, the size of the room, they're huge. <laughs> yeah. So. That's amazing. So, yeah. like, I think as well, the, like the pizza, I think pizza's on its way back. I really do. Mm, like, I, yeah. I think there's a big going to be a big movement on that. I see like some things in New York, and then Ramsey's just opened a new pizza place oh, really? in London. Yeah, right. I really think and yeah. sourdough pizza. Have you, yeah. you, you know, people, people again t- taking that care yeah. And, yeah. with the sourdough and then wood fired and yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You, you just you can't, you know, it gets you, it gets you excited yeah. about it, doesn't it? Yeah, we do. We do. I do pizza at home. I, I kind of use. Uh, I've got a flat large cast iron pans so I make the, I take our sourdough and roll it out and make sourdough pizza at home I just put the oven on full blast because it's I still don't find really good pizza in Melbourne it's just all yeasted and you know, yeah, right, yeah. You know I, I find I find the best foods what we make at home <laughs> but, um, you know yeah you're not going to get a good product so yeah yeah I love pizza yeah, honestly pizza's a favourite yeah. yeah do you like yeah, it I'd love to do pizza nights at our joint but, um, you would yeah but I, you know, de- that sounds yeah. awesome One, yeah maybe a dream down the, down like the a pop, pop up pizza uh, yeah let's do Friday nights and Friday Saturday night it'd be fun it'd but, be um, awesome yeah, yeah like as in like um, slabs or to order or um, you know like in, Fran- in, Fran- in Italy where the cut it out have you been ah uh, yeah yeah they do like and on the scales yeah yeah, yeah. So, like that's the goal like yeah, it's yeah. just yeah amazing. I'd love to do pizza nights but uh, you know that's another thing yeah so you, you, you talk about the bakery as being a big part of the community there yeah yeah and um, people meeting each other and, and yeah, all yeah. that some, people, someone got married in our bakery some couple met at our bakery and got married this last year I think that's amazing just for hanging out and drinking coffee and eating croissant yeah so and there's a lot of people I guess that's what we call it, but we're not, we're not great at names, but you know, we called it that just because it's a community, you know, so yeah. a lot of people on our street come to our bakery and surrounding area of South Yarra. Yeah, so a lot of people hang out with me, regulars will come back two or three times a day. Will they really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Graham, Graham and Jenny were in a lot. They were just a few doors up. They come in. They're the retired couple. They come in not so much. Yeah, they're great. And, there's, there's and what, funny, what, what will they grab? Like a sandwich for lunch, uh, like a croissant for breakfast, and a sandwich for lunch. Yeah, then? sandwich, salad, or they grab a cake in the afternoon, or a donut, a cheeky donut kind of <laughs> thing, or coffee, or a couple of times a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you eat donuts? Uh, not so much. Occasionally, yeah, occasionally. Yeah, yeah. But I mostly, I guess I eat cookies. You know, like the cookie, or cookie. We do a nice chocolate rye cookie. Yeah. Which is really, really nice, and uh, we, yeah, scones. I, I like a cheddar scones that we do. Very good, good I snack. Love, I, yeah. love a, I love a scone, yeah. honestly. Um, what was I going to say there? Also, what, how do you feel about this whole gluten-free movement? You know, there's a lot of people yeah. saying I'm gluten-free, celiac or mm. whatever else, and the lack of understanding and education about it. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, it really shits me because um, I think it's a bit of a fad we're going through. I guess now we're heading towards veganism, which is good. But the gluten-free thing is... Um, I think that just comes from bad, bad foods in the first place. So like, like I said before, with coals and woolies, giving us um, bread that's baked in three hours and in a plastic bag. You know, it's kind of 
it's just full of crap and it's not good for us and probably don't feel good either because there's no dietary fibers there's no fermentation going on so it's like like our guts are probably just not enjoying it either you know cause yeah because everything's not working yeah, together yeah it's, it's terrible what, what you know many in touch of stuff yes or look at it so um <laughs> yeah so i guess gluten-free is um yeah i think yeah bread gets such a bad bad name but i mean we um does it worry you with your business no not at all no not at all no we just do i think yeah because because um the gluten-free thing um it's kind of like i said we're going I guess we're going back in time to eat proper again you know to feel good with good grains which has been fermented nicely and i think a lot of this comes from bad bad grains you know with with farming with all the petrochemicals used and the uh, modern wheats and the um and the way it's baked in like i say in a few hours i mean it's just it's not great it's not you're not going to feel good from that and that's why some of all this backlash with gluten-free thing i think yeah i think it's a bad bad i think gluten-free is maybe gluten-free with shite you might yeah, not be yeah. gluten-free with with yeah. good and obviously if you if you're getting gluten-free because i don't know like i'm just fucking bit of a bro science as they call it mm. is like you're eating shite bread and shite products and mm. that and all of a sudden you start getting bad stomachs and you know whatever else the symptoms are from yeah, from being gluten free yeah, so that. from uh, yeah. having intolerance to gluten let's say yeah, you yeah. can't then get a good loaf of bread in, in day one expect oh it does, it, you know it's a matter yeah. of time you've got to bring your gut back to life yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean yeah, like it takes time, yeah. you've got to bring yeah. that and that takes me on to the next thing is like yeah. what's your opinion on gut health like I wasn't really that aware of it I've got to be totally honest yeah, yeah until I found kefir mm. and, and I obviously I'd heard about it I'd listened to things on podcasts and all the rest of it but I didn't really take it that seriously to be totally honest mm. with you yeah I think but, that's the education thing isn't it it's, it's probably something we need to be aware of because we're not I mean I read a book last year called The Grain of Truth which is about that you know and all the studies that come out of Europe about eating fibres and your know, gut health is so important to your to your well-being and you know you, you get that from you know, whole grain breads or um from yeah, again from fermentation there yeah, on the, it's, the it's, uh, kimchi yeah kimchi yeah there's there's a sauerkraut and endless stuff here um that's been fermented so breads. i think again i'm not a doctor by any yeah. means don't get any don't yeah. get this mixed up but I, like if you have got that i reckon you you, you might not be if you're not celiac mm. do you know what i mean let's just yeah. say you because if you are that's really unfortunate yeah, that's, there's people yeah, out there that are really have got this intolerance and it's for real like it's yeah. not a joke you know like peanuts or whatever it yeah. might be but people say oh it gives me a bit of a bad tummy or whatever else i think you've got to look back at what you've been eating mm. you've got to look at your gut health what are you putting into your gut and then maybe realize that if you start eating good stuff, you're not actually gluten intolerant. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's what true. I believe. And you know, yeah, we've had people at our bakery come in there that are they reckon they're gluten intolerant, or then yeah, they have our bread, they're fine. There's no troubles. They feel great. And there's, again, there's um, there was a study in Italy a few years back, and celiacs were fed bread, good sourdough bread, fermented for at least eight hours, and uh, most of them can you know they had no ill effects. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, from good grain that's been yeah well. Yeah, probably so, looked after. after just they reckon after eight to twelve hours the peptides switch off and then, so you don't get all the um, the stuff that affects you the celiacs yeah. So. Yeah. So so, yeah. yeah, yeah. Which you know, so, it's because they're eating shit. That's my. Yeah, I truly believe so, that yeah. it's because they're eating shit. Yeah. It's not because it's a good like it's proven. It's not like we're just sat here like you say you read studies about it's, it's scientifically proven mm. that you know over you know hundred people two hundred people placebo all the rest mm. of it where it really is it's true like mm. it's not it's not the gluten like it, it's you know mm. it, there's a process you can do which uh, that truly helps and going back to that gut health you know we we drink a lot of that kefir mm. I meant to, we Beck got me some grains and I was meant to do it end up buying bloody I just buy the bottle of it to be totally honest with you yeah. I'm just a bit yeah bit lazy with that but and I always eat I always eat uh, sauerkraut um kimchi yeah. and all the rest of it i got my gallbladder took out oh yeah so yeah, right. and then i always had acid like you know acid reflux yeah. i started having eating kimchi and drinking kefir i swear my life it's gone gone oh, yeah, yeah gone there you go yeah that's it and it's like you can, you've it, proved it yeah. yeah exactly it's gone like i don't have it anymore like i mm. used to always have it like just like a burn in my throat or a little bit like oh, mm. you know not 100 and when i started reading about it and studying it and i went to a talk um you know grow symphony you know, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah oh yeah the the the, the fermentary lady yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, sharon, sharon yeah yeah. Sharon Finn, yeah so she did a talk she about wrote it. a great book too yeah, yeah i've got yeah. the book yeah, and yeah, i got the, the the kefir grains from her oh yes, yeah so that whole pro- sorry if you listen i haven't quite got around to doing it yet but i do intend 
intend to. Instead, I buy her drink or uh, good yeah. sea kefir. So you know, whatever yeah. it's helping everyone. Uh, yeah, so. I started reading up about. I went to her talk, started reading up about it, realized, oh, this, you know, this is. Then I heard a few podcasts, and I was like, okay. So then I started doing it, and the result, mm. it's not just myth. It it, it works. Like mm. you need to look after your gut for mm. sure. Anyway, that's just my yeah, two yeah. pence worth. We, we lost. I think we lost that around the previous generation. You know, maybe sixties, seventies. You know, we lost all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fermentation idea, which has come back now in the last few years. So. And it's everything, like, you could, I can't again. keep you much longer, I understand. Yeah. But, like, again, that goes back to, like, grandparents cooking, yeah. man being at work. You know, it, it's mm. so deep, isn't it? Yeah, anyway, well, my, my, yeah, my grandma's always, you know, always used whatever around. Yeah, for sure. I, I remember me and Nana hanging yeah. pheasants up, hanging yeah. them up for, like, a week or five days with the guts and everything in yeah. there just hanging them up on the you know yeah. and letting it all get in there then she'd break it down she'd pluck it and you know it'd smell a bit funny she's like there's nothing wrong with that it's good for you you know yeah. and even all these little things mm. all them little things are bacterias that are fermenting in, you know mm. not fermenting but you know breaking down the enzyme and it's just what they've been passed down generation and then for some reason it just stopped like you say like in the 60s yeah some, some stage in the last century yeah yeah yeah. People wanted both parents had to go to work and did it. Yeah, you know, I think yeah. that. Yeah, I guess the, the thing to succeed and do well and make lots of shitloads of money and do well and, yeah, and then, yeah, you've got forgotten about exactly. education there. Yeah. Which you've got all this money yeah. and all these, you've got the two TVs, and, you know, yeah. and the big plasma and the nice two cars. But meanwhile, your gut's just fucking falling apart. Yeah. You, you're rotting from the inside, yeah. literally. You know, you know what I mean? It's really. Yeah. Anyway, that's guess, what that's. Yeah, I guess it's. And then. Brad got the blame. There's been a few books that come out, uh, gluten-free kind of books from certain authors, and then with no scientific backgrounds, kind of slagging off bread, and everyone got on this bandwagon. So it's ridiculous. So yeah, I guess we're the ones trying to fight, you know, to go against, do what we do, and yeah, you know, yeah. people come to come to. Yeah. Like to finish off, I just got a few quick, quick questions. Almond croissant or plain? Uh, plain. Plain. Yeah, yeah, plain, definitely. Bacon sandwich or sausage sandwich? So was that bacon? Bacon sandwich or sausage sandwich? Uh, bacon, yeah. Bacon? Yeah, I love bacon. Yeah, definitely. Ketchup or brown sauce? Uh, with the bacon? Yeah. Oh, brown. Brown? Yeah. Brown and with the, with the sausage? Uh, yeah, chuck it on here. Yeah, yeah. Stick an egg on there too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eccles cake and Stilton or Eccles cake and Mrs. Kirkham's? Um, Eccles and Stilton. Eccles yeah. and Stilton. Yeah. And on your toast, Vegemite or jam? Oh, jam, yeah, Vegemite's not for me. No? Yeah, our kids into it, but I just can't, not, not for me. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love it. I do, I'll tell you what I do real quick. Vegemite, banana, and honey on toast. Jesus it's wow. unbelievable. Is it? Yeah. Honestly, thin, a little bit of butter, thin, a little bit of butter, a semi-decent amount of veg, Vegemite, sliced banana, and drizzle of honey. It's yeah. absolutely, you know, that salty, sweet, it's yeah. just, it's... I should oh, get clover onto that. Yeah. It's really good. Is it? Yeah. Anyway, right. Thank you. Um, where can people get your book? I want to know where... Um, it's book. The, the book is, un, like I said at the beginning, it's unbelievable. You've got to get this book. Thank you, yeah. I mean, it's available in the UK and USA. Our publisher's got outlets everywhere, so online, Amazon, or the usual places, Booktopia, I think, and... Um, um, in Australia, it's all good. I think it's seen it at Dimmocks. Most good bookshops, Dimmocks, we've got it for sale. Books for Cooks, we've usually got it on. Yeah. Um, and then with the yeah, shop, so where's the shop? Our shop's in South Yarra, Melbourne. And we, we've got the books available online from our. And you can get signed copies and copies wrapped up and with a little sourdough starter information card. Perfect. Yeah, and it's so called the Tivoli Road Baker? Tivoli Road Baker, yeah. Um, myself and my wife Pippa wrote the book last year, a whole. Fantastic. Yeah. And then on Instagram or social media, where's the best place to find you guys? Um, bakery is Tivoli Road Bakery. That's T-I-V-O-L-I and then R-D and then um, Bakery. And then myself is just Michael James 77 So there's, you can see what's going on with the bakery or, you know, what specials are going on or, you know, what grains we're discovering. So yeah. there's lots going on, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Like Honestly, I really appreciate your time and, no yeah, and the effort. Oh, great. Thanks very much. Thank you. Yeah, great. Pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please share with friends or give us a rating and review on iTunes or your podcast app. And until next week, have a good one.